Welcome to Postcast. For the first time this season, the Utah Jazz get blown out of an NBA game. And it's done by the former champs, the Milwaukee Bucks, whose philosophy, system, too much for the Jazz. And they couldn't alter it or change it. We'll dig into how that happened and why on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone with you here on Postcast tonight as the Utah Jazz get beat by the Milwaukee Bucks in their final home game before their Christmas trip and then their Christmas day game. This is a championship contending team. The Bucks probably the second most likely team right now to win the NBA title behind the Boston Celtics. And they're without Giannis Antetokounmpo. They're without Chris Middleton. But what they have, Ron, is they have a very strict style and philosophy of how they play. On the defensive end, they're the number one team in the NBA. They don't let you get to the rim. They don't allow corner threes. They make you shoot threes from the top. They make you shoot threes out the bounce. And they make you take a bunch of floaters and mid-range, low-percentage shots. And that's exactly what they did to the Jazz. You look at the Jazz like natural shooting line tonight, Ron. They shoot coming into the fourth quarter. They were shooting lights out. They were 50% from the floor. They were 47% from three, and they still were not having a good offensive game. They were having an okay offensive game, and then it fell apart in the fourth quarter when they opened the fourth quarter. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those games where the Jazz just d- does not match up well with uh, what, uh, what the Bucks put out there on the floor. You can see the different combinations. I think you mentioned a couple of times that uh, the, the combination the Jazz had out, out there on the floor had never played together, something like that, and... and uh, Will was looking and searching and, and giving guys a chance and, and some opportunities, but a well-balanced basketball team that, that, that plays very well together, it's, it's going to win out for the most part all year long. Let's give you a few of those data points tonight. The Jazz take just 18 shots at the rim. That's only 22% of your shots. You want to be in the 30s. The Jazz take make zero corner threes in the entire game. Jazz are one of the most proficient corner three shooting teams in the NBA but the Bucks, the Jazz go 0 for 2 on corner threes. The Bucks allow the fewest corner threes of any team in the league. The Jazz end up taking 45 above the break threes at 36% which is pretty good but that's kind of what the Bucks are willing to give you and willing to let you take and why were the Jazz not able to be able to break Kind of what they do and how and how they how they want you to play. Well, you, you just mentioned. I mean, they drop the big, so that means they're going to keep you from getting to the rim. And, and you know how well uh, Lopez does protect protect the basket. You mentioned they don't give up the three. So there are certain parts of the floor that they protect tremendously and force you to shoot the basketball where they want you to shoot it, and not where the, whether the Jazz or any other team is trying to to uh, to get shots. Uh, the Jazz survived in that first quarter. I mean, they made a number of threes, and the num- and uh, and you know sooner or later those those threes are not going to fall. And sooner or later you're going to make a substitution, and the next guy up is not going to be knocking down the shots that that they're giving you. So it just it's a matter of, of numbers, uh, percentages that they're playing, and it and it works for them. By the way, here's the percentages, just in case everyone knows it. The shot at the rim is 1.4 points per shot, 70. percent That's that's the best shot in the game. The second best shot in the game is the corner three. It's 1.2 points per shot. Okay, well, the Bucks don't allow that. They, they, they've taken that out. Now you're into the above the breakthrough. Well, the off-the-bounce three is being made at 33% this year. That's .99 points per shot. The catch-and-shoot is a little better. It's about 1.11. Okay. You get into the paint non-restricted area. Anywhere that's not restricted area is a 40% shot. It's .8 points per shot. That's the game they're playing. The last thing is... 
What's the really most efficient shot in the game? The free throw line. Free throw line. 1.45, 1.5 points per shot. The Bucs are the third best team in the league at not allowing you to go to the free throw line. How many free throws we take tonight, Rob? Not many. We took five. Five. Six. six. Is that six? Six free throws. So six free throws, almost no shots at the rim, and no corner threes. And yet, for most of the game, we actually have the offense kind of holding in a 115 offensive rating through three quarters after a really good third quarter, and then it fell off the map. It's kind of interesting. The other thing they did is pummeled us on the defensive glass tonight, which meant that I I, can't, I have not looked at the numbers. I can't imagine we were in transition at all tonight because the effort it took to get a defensive rebound, the Bucks ended up getting 37% of all their misses, and the Jazz ended up spending only 11% of their possessions in in transition tonight. The Jazz are just not a good defensive rebounding team. The Bucks came and knew it, and they just... They had 50% of their misses in the first quarter. They were at 36% by the th- halftime, and they stayed right there for the rest of the game. Then you got a very smart center in Lopez. And and I've noticed that when he wasn't getting an offensive rebound, he was slapping at the basketball, trying to keep it alive just to give the, his teammates or whoever a chance to come up with, uh, with, with those offensive rebounds. Now, they had 15. You know, and that is really a lot of offensive rebound, but a lot of second chances to score at the rim. And as a result, David, that fourth quarter, Jazz only got 14 points. I mean, that was right. one of the worst quarters, I think, that they've had all season long. And from the field in that fourth quarter, 7 for 22. They're from the field and, and didn't make any free throws and did not make any three-point shots. Yeah, I mean, we have not been blown out yet this year. This was yeah. they, this was a whitewash. And without, without Giannis, without Chris Middleton, they just... They hammered the Jazz tonight. So, watching practice this morning, they you know just assumed that Giannis was going to play. Not really sure. So they got to, they got to put the defensive scheme together. They were working on uh, using the picket fence, you know, right at the top of the key, and and forcing him to give the basketball up. Okay, Giannis doesn't play. So now uh, they go to Plan B, and tremendous amount of ball movement, uh, dribble penetration. Porters has a great ball game, a great first quarter, and and so they just rejuvenated themselves with with a different style of play and got it done. And they have guys. Lopez averaged twenty three different times in in New Jersey and Brooklyn. He averaged nineteen or more in five different years. Holiday averaged twenty in New Orleans. These guys can can score. All right, some positives on the Jazz. Malik Beasley continues to just be electrifying from three. He's averaging twenty points a game over the last five. I think he had six more threes tonight. I think he had another game with ten attempts. His ability, when the whole world knows he wants to shoot threes, and Will Hardy's ability to get him threes is just incredible. Yeah, and I, he does a great job himself. And I'm sure Will just gives him the, the, the green light to shoot those three-point shots. He shoots a great percentage, 6 for 10 to, tonight, David. But um, he is just an offensive, he's an offensive player, and he, he's, he's a three-point shooter. So he does position himself very well. And the fact that he gets that shot off so quickly makes it awfully hard to defend. Nikhil Alexander-Walker got extended run again tonight, and I thought continued, I mean, really, I thought he was superb. He, he would be my single star tonight. Mm-hmm. We'll have to give out two. Um, but six of eight from the field, two of four from three, 14 points, five assists tonight. Uh, he's just continuing to play this game. He still makes mistakes. He's still not a natural point guard. He still forces a pass or two. It's always the right read. It's not the right time, or it's the right idea, but it's, it's too risky. So there's still some turnovers there. I don't know what his number on turnovers was tonight. I would guess it was three or four. Um, but uh, he really continues. It was three. Um, 
he, he continues to just show great growth at this point guard position. It's now six, seven games in a row. And, and again, you know, demanding minutes is, is all a part of how he's playing out there on the floor. And when the when he's on the floor, the Jazz do not lose anything. A lot of times they get better. So And, and then his defense has always been good all, all season long. So why wouldn't he be out there on the floor a little bit more? And I, and I think the fact that he's worked so hard, that great conversation he had with you of how he's dedicated himself to, to – um, just to playing better and being a better person. Jazz got some tough nights from some of the guys. Mike Conley has not found his rhythm since coming back. He was 2 of 6 in just 22 minutes, 25 minutes. Jared Vanderbilt with Brooke Lopez just probably being a little bit too much for him. was 0-5. He did have 6 rebounds and 3 assists. Tonight, um, Rudy Gay was minus 16 in 14 minutes. That's something... Rudy's trying, but it is not flowing for him yet. And it, since he's come back, it, is, it has not gotten better particularly since the first game. All right, two stars, Ron Boone. Where are you going tonight? Well, I tell you, you have to go, <coughs> I, I think, with Alexander again. I think he's done a, a, a great job of uh, just being steady out there on the floor in the Jazz, not lo- losing anything. The other have just been difficult. And it, I have to go with maybe Malik Beasley because of the way he shot the basketball, but defensively I think he, he kind of hurt us a little bit. <sighs> David, is tough. Tonight is really tough. Well, Mal- yeah, I think you might give... I, I was probably going to go Malik Beasley, but I would agree with you. Some of the defensive breakdowns are, you know, that minus 16 jumps out at you a little yeah. glaringly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have I don't have a lot of other guys I'm going to in that circumstance tonight. So I might... Um, Double dose? I might go Malik Beasley. We'll give it to him. It's, right. it's a it's a tainted. It's kind of like winning the. Never mind. Yeah, you got to give it to someone. Right. Huh? We said we'd give out two stars, and yeah. we had to explain why, and then we fell apart. You're the one who said to me on the plane. <laughs> got to explain I think, why. I think he says to me on the plane. I really like the two stars, but I think we need to do a better job explaining why. So could you please explain why we gave one to Malik? Let's start that tomorrow night. I mean, Monday. Monday night. All right, Jazz and Donovan Mitchell reunite on Monday night. We'll be there for you in Cleveland. Have a great one. Thanks very much. All right, fellas.